I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Proverbs chapters 22 through 24. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless. The lazy man says, There is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall there. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Incline your ear, and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you? Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go. Lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul, do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is surety for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take away your bed from under you? Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Here are a few out of this chapter that I find particularly meaningful. Reputation is extremely important, as we see in verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches loving favor rather than silver and gold. And then one on training children in Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. The Hebrew word for train up there is interesting. The root is kalnach, which is used with its derivative 17 times in the Old Testament. In every other occurrence it's translated dedicate, as in the temple, the altar, or the house of God. 
Therefore, we may safely derive that Solomon's emphasis here is that a child be dedicated or set apart just as the sacred altar, the tabernacle, or the temple. Therefore, we're not just talking about training here. We're talking about separating a child from corrupt influences as we train that child. So what does in the way he should go mean? Well, when one reads the book of Proverbs here, it appears quite clearly that Solomon differentiates two ways. The first is the way of the wise, and the second is the way of the fool. So are you familiar with the old saying, you reap what you sow? Well, here it is stated a little differently in verse 8. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. And then we find in verse 13 that lazy people find lots of excuses not to work, where it says in this verse, The lazy man says, There is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. And then adulterers walk a dangerous path, as we see in verse 14. The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall there. And then we find a word on spanking in verse 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. As a matter of fact, Solomon gave quite a bit of attention to this issue of spanking a child. He mentions it again in Proverbs 13:24 and Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14, and Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. Now, the word uh, foolishness is used here. It comes from the Hebrew word evil, which basically means moral insolence. It's the same word used in Proverbs 14, verse 9, which says, Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. It would appear that Solomon here is making reference to the Adamic nature with which all of us are born. Now, here are a few people that just hurt your testimony. We find in verse 24, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go. Regarding co-signing loans, here's what Proverbs 22:26 says, Do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is surety for debts. In his lifetime, Solomon must have seen a lot of sorrow as a result of co-signing on debts. He frequently warns against doing so. And then a warning against land fraud is found in verse 28. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Every 50 years, the property in Israel was supposed to revert back to its original families, according to Leviticus chapter 25, verses 8 through 55. Then we have chapter 23 with some really interesting advice. Verse 1. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, then fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The morsel you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is mighty. He will plead their cause against you. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell." My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, 
Yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine-bibbers, or with gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe the man with rags. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. My son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. For a harlot is a deep pit, and a seductress is a narrow well. She also lies in wait as for a victim, and increases the unfaithful among men. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, or like one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? So you have a really nice dinner invitation with a powerful man. Well, watch it. If you're not his equal, he probably has an ulterior motive for inviting you. We see that in verses 1 through 3. Perhaps verses 4 and 5 continue this thought, assuming that your motivation for going is a desire to be rich just like him. And perhaps we're still continuing the same thought in verses 6 through 8 about accepting hospitality from a stingy person. He may be up to no good. Verses 10 and 11 warn against taking advantage of the poor with regard to their property lines. They very well may have a strong advocate on their behalf, as we see in that passage. Then we have a series of related thoughts about raising children to be productive adults. Verses 13 and 14 outline the need for discipline, 15 and 16, the joy of a good child. Verses 17 through 19, the fear of the Lord. Verses 20 and 21, Warn us to be cautious regarding with whom you spend time. Verses 22 through 26 talks about listening to the advice of parents. And then verses 27 and 28 is a warning against harlots. Verses 29 through 35 deal with excessive drinking here. Verse 29 describes the symptoms of a drunk. The mixed wine of verses 30 to 32 probably refers to wine that was mixed with other ingredients to make it more intoxicating. His point here is that it's wrong to drink beverages for the purpose of dulling one's senses. There is no question that wine was the beverage of choice in the entire period of history covered by the Bible. However, Solomon warns that drinking to intoxication is just wrong. Today, believers should be guided by the principles of Romans chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 through 22. Those passages clearly teach that one's testimony is the most important possession a believer carries around from day to day. While Solomon's warning against intoxication is here, 
Each believer should consider how one's testimony will be affected if people see that Christian partake of alcoholic beverage. Then a person should ask himself this question. Is my Christian liberty to partake of alcohol in moderation more important than my testimony before a world who needs Christ? Then we have more about wisdom in Proverbs chapter 24. Verse 1. Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of troublemaking. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. He who plots to do evil will be called a schemer. The devising of foolishness is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to men. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Deliver those who are drawn toward death, and hold back those stumbling to their slaughter. If you say, Surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? My son, eat honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to your taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect, and your hope will not be cut off. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the wicked. For there will be no prospect for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given to change. For their calamity will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruin those two can bring. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. He who says to the wicked, You are righteous, him the people will curse. Nations will abhor him. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight, and a good blessing will come upon them. He who gives a right answer kisses the lips. Prepare your outside work, make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterward build your house. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. For would you deceive with your lips? Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Well, this chapter contains several admonitions to pursue a wise, kind, and deliberate lifestyle. Notice the first admonition regarding the company one keeps in verses 1 and 2 when it says, Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of troublemaking. You'll notice throughout this chapter a correlation which is prevalent throughout Proverbs, that the evil or the wickedness is equal to foolishness versus righteousness, 
which is equal to wisdom. It's simple. Don't hang with people who reject the principles of your God. However, we see later in this chapter that we need to clearly identify these wicked people. Notice the following verses in verses 24 and 25, which says, He who says to the wicked, You are righteous, him the people will curse. Nations will abhor him, but those who rebuke the wicked will have delight, and a good blessing will come upon them. Again, it's simple. Call wickedness just as you see it. This chapter ends in verses 30 to 34 with a warning about being a lazy guy. The wicked or the foolish man takes a beating in this chapter with Solomon's solemn warning against him and his lifestyle. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.